another episode of Real Talk with Bella. I am your host, Vanessa Coppas, joined by my co-host, Chanel Amari from Chanel in the City, and Jennifer Desilis, of course, our Bella's publisher, who's joining us today. We have a really, really interesting topic. Um, obviously, everything that we've been covering lately has been um, quarantine or coronavirus related, so we thought that it would be really interesting to have um, Ben Ives, CEO and founder of Rapid Visa, joining us today, and Ilse Hu, who is a Bella Love Files contributor. And um, we're going to talk about dating in the times of quarantine and coronavirus. Um, so, Chanel, take yes. it away. <laughs> yes. My favorite topic in general, of course, like Jen said, dating in general. But, of course, my second favorite topic, dating during corona. Please welcome international dating expert and CEO and founder of um, Rapid Race, right? Is that it? Rapid Visa. Right. Um, sorry, Rapid Visa. Rapid Visa, uh, which is really a cool name. And we'll get into why it's called Rapid Visa. I guess, because everybody's rapidly dating. Um, that's why I couldn't find the one yet. Thanks, Ben Ives. But besides that point, please welcome Ben Ives. Um, thank you for taking the time to do this because we've asked, I mean, Vanessa, you're married, but I'm sure you have questions on how to quarantine and well, live with of, your significant other, other of, right? One of the reasons why I wanted to have Ben on was because um, in the original pitch that we got, it was more about, you know, dating um, long distance and you know, actually, this is how I met my husband. I met my husband online, living in the Dominican Republic. He was on Staten Island, New York. Um, and we wow. did the whole online situation for a while until it got to the point where he outright one day just told me, I can't do this long distance thing anymore. Um, had I known about rapid visas back in the day, um, I'm sure our process, well, because it, it creates, um, and I hope that we get into this, it creates this um, pressure in a relationship because I had to constantly go back home um, to you know, get another extended stay uh, on my visa so that I would be able to continue living with him at the time. Um, and that's strange. I mean, it could become strain, uh, strenuous in a relationship because, you know, at that moment, is this guy the one? Am I real? Do I really want to, you know, be in this situation? Um, I got, I had pressure from his family members believing that I was only with him to get a green card. Um, you know, so there's a lot of these things that happen um, in situations like these. Um, that number one, I hope to demystify because I'm a living, breathing example that, you know, long distance relationships can work and turn. I mean, I've been happily married for almost 14 years, two kids, wow. two dogs, we've done the whole thing, but that isn't the case for everyone. Um, so yeah, Chanel, I know you want to address yeah. that. And, and, um, but in general, yeah, Ben, I wanted Ben to like talk about what is rapid visa because that's interesting. I'm assuming that it has to do with like connecting people you know, in general, like the way you're doing long distance. I think in general, I want to know how dating works long distance wise, because I can never, I was never able to hold up to that. And I know our audience wants to know how can, now we have no choice. Now we got to do it the Vanessa and her boo way, where we got to like do long distance or FaceTime or like, you know what I'm saying? Like we have, so Ben, talk to us about rapid um, visa, why you started it and talk to us about how we can date during Corona, which is really, and just in general, I mean, it's, it's just a hard topic to do. Sure. 
Right. Well, I'm, I met my wife online about 13 years ago, and she was in the Philippines, and I was... Uh, oh, well, that's my ex-boyfriend. I started to interrupt my ex-boyfriend's from the Philippines. Woohoo, ah, the Philippines. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, so, um, and she's here now. We've been married uh, be 12 years next month, three kids, and it's been fantastic. But initially, of course, you know, you have a lot of uh, thoughts running through your mind, like, is this, is this stupid? Does this make sense? Why am I doing this? But but uh, you know the heart kind of goes where it wants to go, and so we did the long distance thing. I I made a few trips over there, three trips during the, to about a year it took to get here. But the uh, it seems there was plenty of sites to date, right? It's easy to find people online nowadays. Even then, it was much easier. Had, had and of course it's easier now. But once we decided, okay, I would uh, we're gonna get engaged. How do I get her here? You know, how do we do this legally? That was the tough part. And so that's what led to starting Rapid Visa. You know, I'm a software developer and I, and I thought, I figured somebody had already kind of come up with a software to help with this and they hadn't. So I wrote the software. So that's the history of Rapid Visa. We just help people navigate that process. Uh, initially, we, we being me and my wife, Jocelyn, we, we thought about getting into the dating space because we felt like we, we enjoyed it and we liked it and maybe we had something to offer, but that's a pretty crowded space. And uh, it wasn't really, it didn't really lend itself to add, uh, to my skills, adding something new to the market that wasn't already there. Right. So, so we went uh, to become basically consultants to help people navigate this. I'm in France. I want to come to the U S or I'm in South Africa and I want to come to you. How do we do this and navigate that whole complicated process? And, and that's what we do. But, what we learned and, and continue to learn through the course of the business on going into today, we've brought over 57,000 people to the United States now. Wow. And, uh, uh, almost, you know, a, a, few, a small percent of those are like parents or kids, but most of those are couples that they either been married for a while or just met. Wow. And so, so we've, we've learned an awful lot in that time about uh, long distance relationships, dating and the challenges. And, uh, you know, we've seen the ones that go down in flames and, and all of it. So, uh, you know, there's, there's just so many stories, but the main thing with these long distance, whether it's international or domestic, if you can't really doesn't matter if it's 300 miles or 3000 or, or the other side of the world, if you can't see each other on a regular basis because your schedule or finances or whatever, you, you really have to get creative. You know, um, calling is important. Talking every day is important, but you know, what quickly happens is you start, Hey, uh, what'd you have for breakfast? You know, you run out of things to talk about. And, and I'm uh, assuming it's well, the physical, here. sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the physical touch, right? Also, Vanessa and Ben, if you can talk I about mean, this, it's the here, physical touch that is like bothering me. But I find that, fascinating. Right? And you brought yeah. up a really um, interesting point, Ben. Um, you know, so obviously you were living it. So you came up with a way to help other people um, navigate through that. In my case, I used to live in the United States when I was younger. So I had already had some sort of um, uh, imprint in the country. So it wasn't like it was um, as difficult. I mean, it was challenging. It takes, the process takes about a year. That is correct. Um, because obviously they want to prove that you have a real relationship, that it's, you know, something that is um, real, authentic, that there is some sort of like living conjoint, you know, living situation happening together, that you do have intentions of, um, you know, either marrying this person or this being a long-term thing. 
But um, in my case, I had, since I had lived here for about five years as a child, when my parents got divorced, I moved, I lived in Ohio. Um, and, and when I left at around 11 or 12 years old, um, how the United States immigration system took that was, is that I was like renouncing to my citizenship. So I no longer had interest. So it made it a little bit more difficult to navigate when I came back, because then it's like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, 20 something years later, she's back. Why, why is she here? Which is understandable. Um, obviously what kept me and my husband going was we wanted to be together. Um, so obviously we were willing to do whatever it took to make that happen. But to your point of the, um, long distance really, you know, we start initially it was emails right through this online website or whatever that we were dating through. Um, it was emails to kind of get to know each other. Cause there's so only so much that you truly reveal on your profile and I think it's become more secure to um, date online um, in that time. I'm talking about 2005. Um, it was still very scary. It was still very new. Um, you would hear horror stories of women, you know, getting assaulted or, they, you know, really horrific things happening through these sites. Um, so in a way, I went into it, you know, hopeful, but honestly scared shitless because it was like oh my god at the end of the day this guy could be Is a serial killer Seriously. Um, you know in some in some state you know in his basement you know but was the challenge between the two of you ever the fact that you couldn't physically see each other a lot like was that ever a physical challenge like a, um, a, a fight ever i it was not a fight it was more of sad it was like disheartening sad. it was because we both knew like he obviously has an amazing job, which he didn't want to give up. And when we began to speak of potentially, you know, you know, having a, a more solid relationship, he was like, well, you know, and I, I, I used to be a school teacher at, um, in the Dominican Republic. So I had a great job and I lived by myself and I had all these accomplishments, like, right, like I checked off, you know, I, I live by myself. I have my own apartment. I have my car. Um, and it was very, but it was very important for me for him to know that he wasn't rescuing me from any like situation, right? As an independent woman that I've always been, um, I, and at that time also, my father was terminally ill with cancer. So I, I was Sorry facing, no, I mean, it was just the, the reality of what was my life back then. It was hard enough, you know, oh my God, I met this great guy, but he lives, you know, in another country. Um, but by the way, my father's also dying. Um, and if this does go any further, you know, do I take the leap? Um, right. And I, I sh I've shared this with people before. I said, you know, when my eventually, um, when I did end up meeting Josh, it, like we had started speaking August of 2005, right? And by December, uh, we were to the point where we were talking and we met physically for the first time in December of that year. Um, when he came back to visit to the Dominican Republic, because that, by February of the following year, he was like, listen, this is, you know, I want you in my life, but it's either here and it can't be there. So he gave me, uh, basically a, <laughs> an, a, ultimatum. A, an ultimatum. He gave me the ultimatum. Uh, yeah, he did. He, who gave he the did. ultimatum? Oh, he did. He was, a, a because I think that in the moment in time we were both in, we were both ready for you know, solid relationships. You know, I had a really awful previous engagement. 
um, was just kind of, I had like written men off in my life, whatever. But in that moment, I told him after we had met him and we like visited in one trip in the following trip, I said, you know, if you want this to go any further, I'm a, I'm Latin and old school Latin rules go, you have to meet my father. This can't happen without him, my father giving a blessing to all of this. So um, eventually he, obviously he had the opportunity to meet my dad and my dad, once, you know, Josh went back to the States and I was sitting with, with him one day, he just said, I'm not getting any better. Um, your life will continue, has to continue after this. Um, and he's a great guy. You can't just sit here and wait for the great guy to come again, you know? So he's like, this is your opportunity and your chance to um, solidify a relationship and, you know, get married, have a family, whatever. So go. And when my father told me to go, that's when I knew, okay, so I, and then I left. And then we began that um, process of citizenship and whatnot. Um, and it was, it was gr dealing with a, a, a dying parent at the same time was heartbreaking. But at the same time, I knew that I had to give myself the opportunity to find love and happiness, which thank God I did because, you know, here we still are um, pulling, you know, navigating Corona now together. But, so. it, but, but that's what I'm saying. It yeah. gave you the sign from the beginning that if he was able to deal with you, like you said it best, I think it has to be simple where if you want to make it work, you make it work. So whether it's long distance, whether it's not, and Ben, you can chime in and correct me if I'm wrong, but like anybody can. If you want to make things work, both parties, you make it work. So if somebody has an excuse in, two, in, in the relationship, that means they don't want to make it work, whether it's long distance or not. And to your point, you tested Josh with your dying father with the hardest time in your life. He was there. So you knew, okay, this man's well, going to be there I, for me I in other knew, ways. The right? fact that he showed up to that, I'm sure some just spoke volumes. Me, well, spoke to the fact that he was genuinely committed to a relationship with me. Right. And, and like, you know, you look for signs and you, I'm like, at that point, like, if that, about, yeah. if, well, if he came to meet my dying father, then it sh showed me, uh, it spoke volumes of his character of, again, and of just his seriousness and commitment to our relationship, because who gets on a plane and comes to meet some random chick that they met on, you know what I'm saying? So that, that to me was um, just kind of like the, it sealed the deal for me. So from that moment on, you know, I did everything that I could in my power to make the relationship work. I quit my but job. What if, but <laughs> yeah. what if you were dating someone now or during this difficult time and you were dating Josh and he wasn't there for you? Do you, do you write someone like that off right away? Also, that's a question for everyone to like but think about an answer. I think that just is telling of anybody's character. I think that in general, you know, when, when you show up for the not so pretty times, that's really who you when are. you know when you know who who you're dealing with. So um, you know, in a situation like that, I don't think I could have asked you know someone who I just met uh, you know for more than like, hey, can you come and have my head for <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I would. <laughs> I would agree. You know, one thing about the long distance relationships, uh, especially in what we're doing with international dating is if you're looking for a serious relationship, not just a dating situation, then obviously it takes a lot of commitment, a lot of finance, uh, you know, everything. 
to get on a plane and go see yeah, somebody. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't cheap to get me here. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can tell you that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not expensive. Yeah. So then, um, I just have a question. I know that um, a lot of military couples they go through this whole long distance relationship when their spouses is on um, on leave for an extended period of time, which I was involved that with that with my ex husband who was in the Marines at the time, and we had a long, really long distance relationship where I lived in New York and he lived in Japan for an extended period of time. Um, would you find that some of those things that a military couples go through could also be um, a good tool to use for people who are in this quarantine situation where, let's say I just met someone, just for example, he lives in South Carolina, we just met online and now we can't see each other. So right. one of the things that the military couples took at examples like, they send emails, they send videos of each other, they um, read books together, but just separately. Um, what kind of advice do you have for people who are involved in that situation, like military couples, that you feel that can be healthy for them to do right now? Well, one of the things that's so much easier now uh, to do is to watch, pick some kind of shows that you like, especially the serial shows like Maybe you go back to Game of Thrones or something where there, <laughs> there are a lot of shows you can watch and you don't have to wait a whole week for the, for the next one is why maybe it's better to go with the older ones yeah. or the Marvel movies or whatever. <laughs> and then you, you, know, you have a schedule and you say, okay, we're watching season two, episode four tonight, and then we're going to talk at this time. And then you have something to talk about and something you look forward to even, oh, I can't wait to ask her about what she thought about somebody got beheaded or whatever. And, <laughs> and that can be fun and it can get you out of these That's kind the of, yeah. uh, the phone call feeling like it's an obligation and make it more exciting. And then, and then, you know, of course you got to resist the urge not to cheat and, and watch ahead, you know, <laughs> but, but you know, that can be a great way to, uh, to kind of sync together yeah. and, and yeah, and ha have something to talk about because a lot of times, like I say, it's, it's hard if you're talking every day, which people tend to do now is what we see because it's so easy, right? It's not like it was expensive with the international calls like it used to be. Well, we were doing yeah. phone cards and phone. I don't know if you uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we were doing that. we were yes. doing the cards and yeah. you know, but we were doing the cards after um, my husband realized how expensive it was to call on a cell phone because yeah, he was calling me on his cell phone every day. Yeah, my um, ex. Some, yeah. some people some people <laughs> broke up just because the phone cards would be like at a max. No, like some of our friends and would be like, he, oh, this shit is up, too expensive. He ended up getting a really, really hefty cell phone bill. And he was like, girl, there has to be a better way. And I'm like, have you ever heard of phone cards? Like, and that, right. because, you know, I've had family over, you know, I had living in the Dominican Republic, I always had family out of the country. So that was something that was just, you know, common sense to all of us for yeah, him. That was the phone card thing was a big market for a long time, I guess. Yeah. Now probably mostly well now it. you have well now we have zoom you have, have, zoom, Insta, you have whatsapp FaceTime, you have yeah messenger you have Fa you have so many options oh, so, so right now yes it's so much so, easier so right now with you saying all that do you think there's ever an excuse when some guy is like when a guy ghosts you during this time or any time <laughs> Does that mean he just doesn't really like you? If he's ghosting like you, you, if he's ghosting yeah. you, he's not into you. Period. Yeah, right. There's no yeah. excuse, right? Yeah. There's no. no excuse. There's no. But why you know, do guys although, feel? Although would, yeah. Talk. Yeah. Sorry. I would add to that though. If you're, if you, if it's going on for a while and you've been talking for months and and mm -hmm. months, you do have to occasionally allow. I think the other person to have a, a day off. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's sometimes you just don't feel like it, and it's like I still love you. We're still great. But, you know, I had a rough day or whatever, and I just really want to go to sleep or veg on the couch. And, yeah. 
and you know that and that can be difficult because the other person might read more into it than you want them to but uh you know it it, it is it's important to communicate but it's also important not to uh not to be so overbearing uh that well and there's only so much that, so you can, that you can control from a distance too at least i know from my experience like if i would have sat there and wondered you know is he what what's he up to on a friday night or you know i was living my life yeah. i was living my life regardless you know like i wasn't going to obviously i was i would say emotionally committed to him i wasn't seeing anyone else you know as far as like i wasn't dating anybody else but i would still go out on a friday night with my friends and you know obviously say you know i am in a relationship and people let's let me tell you people thought i was out of my mind people thought i was crazy People thought really? that there was something really wrong with me, um, that I was seeking to connect with men in this way. Um, <laughs> it's so but, ridiculous. But it's yeah. the normal now. Well, it's the normal because, now. That's crazy. you know, the Not standard, I think yeah. that the standard back then was that it should be, you know, you should be able to just meet someone anywhere. And it isn't the case. And I honestly felt that... Um, we were both more honest about who we were in these moments because you had nothing to lose. I feel like there was no pressure. Um, I didn't have to worry about getting ready for a date. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to like worry about any of those things. He had a picture and my voice. And all I could do was to the best of my ability, um, speak to him and just tell him what I thought about, you know, X, Y, or Z, he was, I remember our, one of our first conversations was going through, um, you know, the holidays, which was Thanksgiving, one of the first holidays that we went through together. And he was telling me how he was going back home to Iowa, which is where his family is from. And I'm like, oh, and there I was researching Iowa, you know, like to learn more about Iowa. But the thing is, and, and Thanksgiving is not a Dominican tradition. So, um, but there I was, you know, making it a point to that night, before he had dinner, you know, he included me and I end, ended up having like one of my first Thanksgiving meals home alone, but feeling in a way connected to, you know, the things that were important to him and that mattered to him so that there was some sort of, um, you know, camaraderie between us, although, cause all we had was a phone back then. Um, and it is challenging. And I think it's interesting, Ben, how you're saying that it can get to the point where it is like some people feel like this angst to control and and they have to talk every day and they have yeah. to and i think that what made it just easy for us and even to maintain a relationship to this day is that we never hid who we really were how we were hanging out what we were doing um and when we actually finally met I was very grateful that he looked better in person than in I'm not, <laughs> No I'm catfish. Not, not gonna lie. Um, I was like, oh my God, thank God, Jesus Christ. He's better, better looking in person um, because my husband is not very photogenic, but whatever. Um, but, there, but, but I was already emotionally invested is my thing. Right. It would have been very difficult for me to walk away um, regardless of what he looked like because I had already a six month, you know, stint with him. So it would have been like, oh, okay, so you're not that cute. But I, I don't think that would have been, um, you know, an issue because I was already, you know, yeah. emotionally Emotionally invested. Yeah. So One talking about, I, yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, I was just going to say, listening to everybody talk, because I feel like everyone on here probably has a very different perspective of what it means to date and date online. And um, 
just hearing, you know, Ben and Vanessa, you guys talk about when you met your significant others dating online. And then, you know, as someone who has navigated, you know, the dating scene today, I think it's so crazy that, you know, back then, no, you didn't have the technology that we have today, you know, where there's a million apps and we have, you know, WhatsApp and, and Zoom and other things that you can use to make dating online very accessible. Whereas now today, we have an abundance of it, but I feel like the people that are doing it aren't as invested as maybe you two were. You know, I don't think people date online now or date app because they want to find a serious relationship. They're doing it almost as like sport. Whereas, yeah. And today, but let me tell you, you know, my husband back in the day was doing it for sport. I just <laughs> whipped him into shape. I'm being honest, you know, and he- and he things don't out, change as much and as we I, think. And he- told me, he was like, I wasn't really, he was like, you know, if it happened, it happened, but it was, I was looking for someone to hook up with, you know, and he worked crazy hours. He wasn't really, but, you know, because of, I guess, my fabulous self, um, you know, I kind of, you know, it, it, he was attracted to the way that I was just like, not willing to just fold, you know, especially when we met in person for the first time you know his expectations were like up here i was like yeah dude uh we can go to dinner like let's take it you know one step better because i was still kind of old school in that in that regard well but, I, yeah i think through technology or not technology to your point i just wanted to say that i think guys are hunters no matter what so whether you have like high advanced technology like we have now with video or he's taking you out in person i think it's how the woman sets the example yes what, and they and men also do like when women have their own life per Lives. se, and they're not constantly harping some, on them. Some men, some, some of them. Men. Well, listen, I was with ben, my recent. Ben can chime in on that. Yeah, Ben, because <laughs> I, yeah, I was recently dating a guy. Whether he's Filipino or not, I don't think it matters about race. I think a guy is a guy, but I think because of culture, he's used culture to helping his family. Matter because culture like, does matter. I will chime in to say, culture is a big part. I mean. Josh and I still um, have. What's his nationality? Sorry, my husband's what's from, he's he's Iowan. He's from Iowa. <laughs> oh, he's not. He's not Latin. He's, he's as American no. as American. they come. That's, oh, your kids are so beautiful because like they have the American Latin. Well, they mix. have that. They have the mix, but mm -hmm. our our cultural differences have um, interfered. You know, it, I, I wouldn't say interfered, but it's made us both have moments where, uh, excuse me, well, you know, uh, he'll tell me, well, my mother, that, and I'm like, well, I'm not your mother, I'm your wife. And but see, how do you work through how that? how we have conversations, we communicate. Here, here's the great thing that we're at, is that communicating, because we had those, you know, that first year of our relationship, all we could do was talk to each other. So we're very good at communicating with each other, and we, and my husband, if you've ever met him, and I, I think everyone here, ha uh, except you, Ben and Chanel, of course, but my point is he will give it to you as it is. He has no filter, um, which is one of the things that I absolutely love about him. But my point is, I think um, going back to what you were saying, uh, Jen, is that because of the excess and the abundance of technology and the accessibility to people that you have right now, it's why the, it isn't taken as seriously. It's because, you know, and I, I, I don't want to like um, crap on men, but I think women who, who are in that position too, you know, if they just want to have a one night stand or that whatever the case may be, um, 
it's at the it's at your fingertips so you can um at the end of the day it depends on where you're at as a person you know like what you're looking for from um you know i didn't first of all when i met my husband i wasn't even into it like the app the website that i we i got on i did it because a friend of mine who was a guy, he said, if I invite 10 girls, I get free membership for two months. And I'm like, okay. Uh, Vanessa, are you sure you're not Jewish? Uh, but that's, that's why, no, but that's why I did it to help my friend out. And I was like, I had no interest in finding, but again, th that's when like magical things happen, right? When you're least expecting mm -hmm. them, when, we're, when you're least looking for it. And I think he was like the third guy who like pinged me on the website and I shut everything else down. Like once I connected with him and I was like, oh, this guy seems kind of nice. Nothing else really like interested me. But again, it goes back to where I was in the place that I was in at 27 years old when I met him, you know, I was ready for a relationship. I was tired of the games. And I, and I told him that I was like, listen, if you're not gonna take this seriously, then we're wasting each other's time. You know, you can move on to the next um, person or the next profile that you had listed, you know, because I'm not interested. Yeah. That yeah, brings me to, yeah, sorry, Ben, you go on out. That brings me to my next question. I think that's ben. one thing that apps can help, can help you do is uh, set the expectations. You, you know, you're going to find bleed over, of course, in every app, but if you find an app that's tailored for what you're looking for, yeah. I think you got a better chance of finding, you know, in my example, even, even back then, 13 years ago, I was really uh, looking for a serious relationship and the site that, that I used and my now wife used, which unfortunately is no longer available, but Mine it was isn't either. called <laughs> my foreign bride, you know, and, yeah. it, and the intent oh, was wow. you're here looking for a serious, you know, potential long-term relationship. Uh, and, uh, and I ended up there after trying some of the others, you know, like, the Yahoo dating, some of the other things, and there was just too much of the, you know, scammers or casual or just just stuff that I wasn't interested in. So I think that you know, the more apps there are, the more you're able to self-select. And again, it doesn't mean you're not going to find somebody who's not sincere there too, but uh, at least it helps you focus, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my next question for you guys. So whether you're dating during Corona or not, it's just a weird time now. Like, let's say you've been seeing someone right before this whole thing started, and you're talking every day. How do you know when you're dating someone? Like Vanessa, you said, like, I wasn't even thinking about it when I was dating Josh. So that's why, I be, like, you, I think you felt comfortable enough to be like, listen, either you're with me or you're not with me. But when do we as millennials say that to guys? Because it's all about games. It's all about being mysterious. And they get scared away really quickly. So when do you tell a guy, like, right now, I'm recently speaking to a guy, and he wants to talk to me every day, but I feel like he wants to talk to me about work. Because we're creating together, but also we've been, we were seeing each other on dates before. So do you... Do you talk honestly with the guy? Do you say, hey, are we dating? Um, are you into me? Like, or is that going to scare them off? Like, how do you know when to ask someone, are you exclusive? Like, no, I think um, with that question, um, yeah. because <laughs> I was single for a little while. And mm -hmm. um, just be honest. Just be open and honest. Hey, where do we stand? Uh, where do you see us going? And what are your intentions? I mean, I wouldn't um, say that two days. You into don't think that's going to scare a guy away? <laughs> no. I wouldn't say that two Damn. days into the the no, you know yeah. If it's been a few months, I say about two, two days months. months. Okay. Um, you know, you just ask those questions. I mean, I think those are fair questions to ask. And then yeah. he, and if he's an honest person, he's going to you know answer you honestly. 
I think right now is a good time since we really can't be out and about and being distracted by going to clubs and seeing other people is to is a really good time to connect to a potential love of your life. I think um, having limited um, outside noise that are coming in right now and doing Zoom and talking over the phone and getting to really know each other, which is being forced, unfortunately. But it's, I think it is an opportunity for a lot of people yeah. to really date, date, you know? This, yeah. this, is, this is an opportunity for yeah. a lot of things. Um, yeah. and, and I go back to communication being, you know, one of the biggest ones. And I think that, it, I mean, if anything, more than ever, you're like, in, you're in each other's face. You have nothing but to... <laughs> <laughs> you have no other option but to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and if you are, and you know, my husband and I, I boast about him now, you know, but I'm not going to say that our relationship up to this point have been all colored roses. Cause I think, you know, that's the nature of relationships and getting to know people and living with people and cultural differences being, you know, um, a challenge and how we raise, you know, decide to raise our children. My husband was like religion in his realm was not even something that he considered until he met me. And we had to have a conversation about, you know, baptizing our children. How are we raising these kids? You know, um, what religion are we choosing? How are we going to talk to our children about um, race, gender differences? Like we had to have those conversations because you'd be a butthead and I, and I, I, I feel bad cursing because I would have said asshole, sorry, Ben. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, feel like I, have, I love it. I have to like respect Ben. I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> like Ben is like watching me. Um, but the reality is, you know, I, you would be, I mean, if you have been in a relationship with someone and you can't have these honest conversations, then there's a problem. Like there's a huge, is, yeah, problem. that's what I wanted to do. To if touch you can't, on, yeah. if you can't have just honest conversations about what, it doesn't even have to be obvious. I mean, it ha obviously about you both, how you're seeing each other, but if you can't have honest conversations about how you honestly feel about the current climate, about politics, about food, about health, well, religion. Right. You know, it, you know, I always recommend that the big three things you got, you have to talk about if you're going to get serious is religion, politics, and kids. You do. Interesting. Yes. You, it, interesting. It, 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 the I, three I, things that scared all the men away in my life. But, but, right. here's, the, but here's the thing. I, ha I know someone personally who is in their second marriage and has been for almost 50 years now, but she was previously married to someone who legit did not want to have children. And she found out about that after the fact well, that's devastating i mean that yeah. that that's really devastating to have to go through life and three four years later find out oh but didn't you realize that i never wanted to have kids you know my brother who was in a long distance relationship also with his current wife um decided they both decided that they didn't want children um but i can't imagine having to have that conversation you know years after you're in it um but they both went into it together knowing that that's what they wanted for each other um you know they they love their careers they love their freedoms um so that's those are conversations and and here's the thing at this day and age if you are still like playing games with people and bullshitting people like come on like it's time to grow up 
um, because it is nothing but a waste of time. And I don't think that anybody intentionally wants to hurt someone else. I think that, you know, men who are not in a a place of maturity where they want to commit to it, just say it, just say it to the, because we're not stupid. We're not stupid. It's also also not going to waste their time, right? It's also going to conserve their time. Because you know how men are like, oh, she's psycho, and, and, she's and we can, Okay, but we can manage expectations. Like, I, I, before I was married, I was in relationships where we would have, like, listen, this is not serious. You can go ahead and see. Like, I was in a place where I told, you know, my other, the, my significant other at the time, you're not the only person that I'm dating right now. And if that's not um, okay with you, then I'm not the girl that you should probably be going out with right now. Because I'm not you know, it's not to say that I was sleeping with every guy that I was, um, you know, dating because I wasn't, but I just chose to not be in a committed relationship. So, and I have every right to do that, you know, and, 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 and we all do, but communication is key. You have to be honest. Stop playing games with people. Yeah. Cause I think Seriously. like Chanel, like you were saying, you know, maybe you think that's what scared people away. I think obviously we use our heads, right? This isn't like how to lose a guy in 10 days. We're not going to go on one date and be like, marry me. But I right. also don't think it does you or the other person any justice to not say the things that you are looking for. Like if I'm going to start dating someone, I'm going to tell them upfront, like, I'm looking for a relationship. I'm not in it just to date anymore. I've done that. You know what I mean? So I think totally. being upfront and, and if, you know, marriage and kids are things that you do eventually want, like, I think it's okay to put that on the table, not say, Hey, are we going to get married and have kids like this or next week? Cause I'm imminent hurry. But I think, you know, this is something I eventually want because then you'll know upfront, like, okay, then we have, we have huge fundamental things that, you know, are going to be a huge roadblock down the line don't even bother getting into and it. And the thing is, you yeah. won't be able to compromise um, later. those line. values. Um, yeah. you will ne- they're too important. Like I would never change my belief <laughs> system because all of a sudden Josh decided to, you know, say that he was an atheist, which I always knew he wasn't. <laughs> um, no, but my point is, you know, had we not have, I mean, you have to be, um, there's more to a relationship than just, you know, a physical attraction that it, because, and, and again, that comes with maturity. Maturity. That, it's like what you said, everything is immature. It, it come, because you have to understand, like I envisioned mm-hmm. myself in 50 years with Josh, you know, I did that 13 years ago. Is this a guy that when our kids leave our home, Am I still going to be able to have a conversation with this guy and be okay? Um, you know, because kids make it all so much harder. And I know, Ilse, you can speak to that because you are divorced with kids. Um, kids make it so much harder, but I come from divorced parents and I know how awful it was for us in that period. Um, but these are the things that I asked myself, you know, for almost 14 years ago, like, is this guy still going to make me laugh in, in 60 years when it's all, do, do, do he and I have a genuine, you know, relationship that can withstand everything that can be thrown at us. And trust me, a lot has been thrown at us throughout these 13 years. Um, and kids made it even more difficult because once you have kids, you are even more committed to making it work because it's better for the children. You want to keep the family together, yada, yada, yada. But I look forward, 
with my husband to the day where we retire and we're like in our home wherever we are because I I mean my husband one of the reasons why I love him the most is because he makes me laugh like hysterically he's got the best sense of humor and thank god he does because otherwise you know I don't know what I would have done with myself to this point but my point is you know there are things that take a president and that you begin to prioritize and that you that will never work um because you're trying to make it work if you're like selling your soul to be with someone you it's not worth will, it, right? it you're doomed from the beginning but yeah. it's like how you said it's like how you said in general like it's not dating goes back to like employers friendships if you know what you want, you're going to communicate and express those feelings to people in the nicest way possible, but you're going to take care of you first and tell people, this is what I need. And I'm here to give back and reciprocate what you need. But I think it's just being honest. And I think that's something that I, I try to like comprehend in my whole life. Cause I'm usually, I like to pride on being honest and owning whatever shit I have to own and telling people like, look, this is my baggage. This is what you're going to have to deal with. This is what I'm willing to deal with. Let's be honest and communicate. A lot of that hurt my last relationships, which were apparently not meant for me. But with this new guy that I'm dating, I also, because of Corona, because of a crisis that, like you said, we weren't even prepared for, it's hard to just put everything on one person. So, you know what I mean? It's like, that's why I'm always like, how do you date during this time? But it's kind of like in general, how do you date? How do you date someone and communicate with them even though it's so early on, because it's so, this, yeah, so you're in what, what, Yeah, what's your opinion? One, one of my things that I've learned um, through my experience of dating um, that I didn't, I needed a little help figuring out through my a relationship expert actually, is mm-hmm. that I had to allow myself to be honest with that person. If I felt in my heart that it could potentially go somewhere, how that person reacts towards my questions is not my responsibility. I can't be afraid to ask them the hard questions because if the person is like, oh my God, this is freaking me out. You know what? That's their problem and that's not mine. That's just a red flag for me to say, you know what? I need to move on from this. This is not the right person or that person is just not ready right now, which is perfectly fine with that. And I think that- I love that you're saying this. No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, finish. No, and I think that, you know, especially with like long distance relationships like Ben have, I'm sure you had your discussions with your current wife um, on how to keep the romance going while you're in a long distance relationship. What do you both want? Those questions are so important, but you can't feel intimidated by asking those questions based upon how, what you think that person is going to react towards Or it. responsible mm-hmm. for the answer that. Or responsible that, for the answer. Yeah, for that, that you receive. And one of the things that, um, you know, that I have learned through um, my marriage is that, you know, when you're in, and again, it's one of the things I, I give my husband more credit than, um, than my than I do myself because we're still married because he's made efforts to um, maintain the re- beyond my expectations. You know, I would have never because you know I grew up a certain way. He grew up a completely different way. His parents are still married. You know, I I went into this, you know, and the first questions that I asked him was, um, "Are you going to be here?" for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like you have to, and, 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 and you know, a lot of my commitment to him depended on those responses. Obviously I told you before, the way that he responded to my father being ill. Um, my mother also went through something very difficult at the time, health-wise and whatnot. He was one of the first people to show up. So those were things that matter. But regardless, even though he showed up for those difficult times, it still doesn't mean that I had to be 
in a committed relationship with him if he didn't honor who I was as a human being, which was a lot of the difficulties we had probably five or seven years into our marriage because he wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom. And it is the farthest thing that I wanted for myself. You know, I had children, but I had aspirations, uh, professional aspirations that I wanted to continue to pursue. And it took going to therapy to discuss um, those differences that we had and what a family looked, because I grew up with both of my parents working and he grew up with his mom always being home. So when he got home from school, mom had cookies and brownies and dinner. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I did it, you know, like, I um, have my cover magazine party to, to take no, care of, but, 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 but I mean, to, yes, everybody to has my different point, expectations. I don't recall ever experiencing having a moment where I couldn't say that my parents were never there because my parents were there, you know, and, and I, and he had to understand that quantity doesn't necessarily equate to quality. You know, my, my, you know, the quality time that I spent with my parents regardless of the fact that they worked, were, um, my father showed up for every play, every function, so did my mom. You know, quality doesn't necessarily mean quantity. And my parents made, you know, dinners a point, Saturday morning breakfast, Sunday morning, like those were the moments that we spent together. And again, those were the values that I grew up with. So he had to relearn that to understand that it wasn't that I wanted to be present as a wife or as a mom. It was just that our way of perceiving those, you know, like at the end of the day, who, who, who is making the dinner? Does it really matter as long as we're having dinner? Does, I, I hope exactly what I'm saying that makes sense. Make sense. Um, you know, as long as the house is clean, does it matter who's cleaning the house? Like, yeah, it doesn't clean. matter whose role. It doesn't matter who's doing that. Gender role. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, but think, go ahead, Ben. There's plenty of, I think, it, whatever kind of relationship or home situation somebody's looking for it's out there and, yeah and if you see resistance in in whatever you feel is the ideal home life or ways a way to raise kids if you find strong resistance i think you just move on because people so so many people they're growing up with this ideal in their mind and they're trying to achieve that ideal either because they grew up with that ideal or they didn't grow up with it and they think that's the way to go and I think it's important that, you know, it's a big world and now it's easy to date anywhere and, and find somebody whose ideas are very close, you know, probably not going to find perfection, but yeah. very close to your own, even if that's another culture. And, uh, you know, because there's no right or wrong way, there's nothing wrong with a stay at home mom. There's nothing wrong with a working mom. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But, but that's, yeah. But that's the thing that I was getting at is, you know, at the end of the day, um, we both had to relearn, um, new ways of adapting to um, and, and compromising. And that's, you know, that's how we work through um, our differences with in therapy was, you know, well, prior, priority, prioritizing what was really important from each other, you know, what, how, what he needed from me, what I needed from him. And that completely shifted even the way that we, um, and I, like I said, I thought we had great communication before, but once we really D dove into those issues, um, you know, his expectations, my expectations, the way that he thought I saw him, the way that he thought I, you know, he, that I thought he saw me. Um, once we got really honest and put all the cards on the table, it completely, um, it, it was a, like a breath of fresh air because he thought 
I expected, you know, these really high and mighty things. Like I had this huge checklist for him to fill. And I'm like, dude, I have so like, they're so my expectations are so low they're they're so low that as long as we are like secured bad you're not cheating on me like we're good we're right, good you just have to have you know, a nice conversation I had very low expectations of what a relationship really you know needed to be um because you know i think i think commit again goes back to communication being honest um putting things and the sooner you realize that you do not have to change who you are to be with someone else, the sooner you realize that, the better off you'll be. Um, we give each other space. Um, we have code words that we use when we're feeling um, overwhelmed or frustrated that, you know, you have to navigate, like, I know there's a book that's love languages, like the love language. Yeah, the love language, the 12 love yeah. languages. Yeah. You have to learn, um, because at the end of the day, living with someone, and I know, Jen, you, you have a roommate. You can even attest to that. It is the hardest thing you could ever possibly do for your own. And let alone when you're married, like add marriage and add children to the mix. Um, you know, I lived by, on my own for a very long time before I met Josh. So did he. So when we moved in together, we were, we were like, you know, like, so who's, who's picking up? <laughs> Who's picking up this mess? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think it's important. And Jen, tell me if you don't think this, because we're the single gals in the group. But in terms of being single, I think even during this time, it's probably best, like I was thinking, maybe I shouldn't date during this time because I should think about what I want. Because at the end of the day, or I think you need yourself. to take, date yourself. I think you need to like, I think you need to take care of yourself because what you're saying is, you wouldn't be able to communicate if you didn't take care of Vanessa first, if Ben didn't take care of Ben first, if we didn't take care of each other ourselves first, we can't give our significant other what they need either. And I think it takes two to tango, meaning it took two of you to put in that emotional investment. If one person's half into it and the other person's a third, then you know you gotta walk away, which speaking of walking away, moving on from a breakup, how do you break up with someone? In general and during this time, like if you want to get out Boy, of it. Boy, bye. I'm really? <laughs> but what about during Corona? During Corona? Ah, oh, you just ghost them. breakup line. Yes. I'm going to tell you, I tell all my single gals, <laughs> I think you're a good person. You have great qualities, but I don't think we're compatible. That's it. Yeah, that's really political. And that's cool. a nice, yeah. that's a that's nice, really nice. Or this, Very isn't, you know, this isn't working for me and, right. and, and that's okay. Like right. people right. need to understand that when you decide to be the one to like end things, like it's okay. And, and it honestly isn't about 
the other person it is a, when you say you know it's not you it's me it is you like you yeah and it's not that you know that you're a horrible person you just aren't i mean i wouldn't say that directly you don't have you don't have what i what i need um but my, my i think you find ways to at the end of the day you have to be honest with the other person and if it isn't working out you know staying with a person because you feel bad doesn't yeah. do either of you yeah that's, that's right like, that, i think quick you know quick but kind yeah yeah so you do think we do owe the other person somewhat an explanation because it's just interesting yes. that a lot of people say of you course. don't yeah not long-winded just short and yeah. simple yeah. and don't put them down just say i don't think we're compatible yeah, yeah right i don't yes. think you want to start giving a list of problems because then right. it <laughs> yeah. might lead the person to think well if i fix these problems we'll exactly. be good right yeah. that answered our That's next question so, so great. what are you what are your guys tips to keep a relationship that you're already having going on spicy during this time but during any time where you're like in the person's face a lot like if you're with each other a lot like how do you how do you spice up the dates and especially now if we have nowhere to go how do you spice up dating in-house or Ben, any tips that you might, might give us? <laughs> well, you know, guys are very visual. So, you know, I, I, you know, something as different as a, a, you know, a different hairdo can do it. Uh, you know, <laughs> really, I mean, I think on, on that end, guys are pretty easy. Uh, of course. I was just you know, gonna say, guys are easier than you think. Good relationship yeah. to start with. But, but you know, as much as, uh, as much as maybe we're not good at noticing the small things, like I might not notice a new pair of earrings. I will notice if the hair is six inches shorter, different is dramatically different than it was. Or, or if you kind of, you know, we get into ruts with our wardrobe. So all of a sudden, if my wife comes up with something new that, that doesn't even have to be risky, just very different than what I'm used to seeing her wear. You know, we all get in that rut where we're wearing the same thing. We come home for work, we put on the same sweatpants or whatever. So I think anything that uh, change from the routine helps. And uh, especially if you're going out and then with going out, same thing there, of course, now you can't go out, but uh, something different than, than, than the normal, whatever your routine is that, uh, you know, like we live in Vegas, so we go to casinos a lot, not, not necessarily always gambling, that's just where you go, right? Even to watch a movie, you go to the casino. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but you know, every once in a while, we'll try to like come up with a show ticket that's something we probably maybe shouldn't, wouldn't normally go see. And sometimes it's a dud too, but at least it's different. And there's that anticipation, not going through the steps of a normal date night. That's awesome. And um, yeah. my my husband has taken. We we don't have a, a, a lot of date nights just because we have small children. My husband works crazy hours, um, but incredibly during this time. And I think I said that at our meeting on Friday, where I like I, I don't have date nights. Um, yesterday we um our kids were like so enthralled upstairs playing virtually with their friends and connected that we had a span of maybe like three hours and what we did was we ordered food and we looked at each other and we're like oh my god this feels like we're having a date just us because we were left a, like we we had a, a stretch of three hours where we were just with each other um and we started watching ozark and um, oh how is that i want to start watching it the best. Amazing. <laughs> the best. Um, no i heard tiger by the way you're you're on the tiger king now everybody's watching it by the way tiger king you said <laughs> that's, that's, that's like I for know, a whole another show discussion don't start that one. but yeah, my yes. point is we we did something that we had not done in a long time which was just sit and eat together 
with each other. You're saying um, because, you're not labeling things. You're not labeling well, things because necessarily. You, because you can't. And, but when it's out of the norm, you notice it because it's something that we had not done in a while where we just sat, looked at each other and ate together, you know? Um, and then we made it a point. I mean, my husband, like I, I, I've expressed that if you don't know me by now, I'm, we're such homebodies. Like we love and enjoy being at home and a perfect day for us is just to be watching TV all day together, you know, and eating and getting up when we need to get up or whatever. That's like a perfect in-home day for us. But, um, when I do spice things up, I'll switch up the pajama. I'll wear a different kind of pajama. I'm being there serious. There you go. No, there you but, go. That's but, you I'm... know, and I'm, a t I'm, I'm always, I'm very cold. Like, I, I'm always very cold. So you'll always see me in sweatshirts. And last, I think it was last week, I actually went to bed with a sweatshirt. And he was like, you're wearing a sweatshirt tonight? And I'm like, oh, you noticed? <laughs> so that was, like, hilarious because it wasn't the typical um, yeah. you know, nightwear lingerie. or lingerie and you switch things up, um, just to cr keep things going and interesting and, and it could be, men are so simple. It could be as simple as taking the sweatshirt off and you'll be like, Oh, you know, you, you're in a completely That's different <laughs> moment. Um, because it, it's true. I mean, men are very visual and I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into all of that because that's not what this conversation is about, yeah. but, um, you keep it interesting. I know Ilse, you had, um, a date night that you got just did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, we did a quarantine, call it quarantine date night because nice. uh, Mike is an essential worker and he has to keep going into the hospital. But thank um, you, Mike, by the way, sorry, I want to take uh, the time to thank our heroes. Thank you guys. Yeah, no, he's great. And he decided that since I've been doing a lot of the cooking that he was going to cook that night. Um, and one of the other things that I thought about doing is that um, since I've been wearing like pretty much living in yoga pants, for the past few weeks, just being home, um, wearing his favorite pants that he likes that I wear when we used to go out, you know, just wear it around the house. And he's just excited by it. He's just yeah. that simple. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of spices things up. And we made a pact that, you know what, since we are social people, we're not really homebody. We like to be out and about that. We are going to connect by being inside by cooking together, you know, having conversations, playing our favorite, you know, music, whether it be a band he likes or a band that I like, having that conversation. And, you know, even if it takes me putting on a little bit of makeup like I did today and wearing his, you know, the favorite pants that he likes me to wear, it just makes things a little bit more exciting for our relationship. Um, and I think people need to keep that in mind. And that's just from our conversations, having open conversations, him expressing how he feels about me throughout our relationship and how I feel about him. So um, I think that that's how we kind of keep it going through this whole experience that everyone's going through. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're in a loving relationship, you're gonna do whatever you can to make the other person happy. And it goes both ways. And ultimately, um, when I went through, um, through you know, couples therapy, that was like the end, kind of like our, the, you know, the big takeaway was in the end, you're always going to do something to try to make the other person just better or happier. And when you look at it that way, when you look at things in that way, in situation, like I, every night when my husband, cause my husband is also an essential worker. Also, he has to go into the city every day. Thank um, you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> um, 
I have, I question the fact that his industry is essential, but you know, I can't, I'm not going to listen. Somebody, no, but they're in the front lines, they're in the job, front lines so, doing, no, but so they're out the grateful. front lines doing stuff. Yeah. No, my you. husband is in construction and, um, you know, he has to go into the city every day. Um, my thing is in this time, especially during a time like this, what I know makes him happy is a home cooked meal. And if, Jennifer is nodding her head because she knows I don't cook for shit. Um, but I've been making dinner every night. You know, like I've been making the things that, um, the few things that I know he likes that I make, I will make, you know, and we'll switch it up and whatnot. Because it is ultimately at the end of the day, when you are in a relationship, um, your commitment and your empathy goes beyond yourself. It's, it, you always begin to think, you know, what can alleviate this person from um, the frustration of today? How can I help? you know, in a big or a small way, um, to help alleviate that pain. Um, and that's really ultimately how you act. And those are the things that end up matter, you know, mattering the most. So anyway, so yeah, yeah. that's why I always say like loving yourself first is essential and knowing who you are first before you give to somebody else, because you're right. You want to love, you want to give somebody else make their lives a little easier, feel a little better. And how do you do that if you're miserable yourself? Yeah, I yeah. always say like, don't get into a relationship. Yeah, Ben, so how important is that? With, everybody can probably relate with how hard it is to be in a relationship where your partner is terribly insecure. It's yeah. just difficult, you know, e e either side, whether it's yeah. the man or the woman or, or, or whatever, it's, uh, that's tough to deal with. Yeah. And so the more, you know, we all have some insecurities, but uh, the more you can get a grip on your own issues and as far as insecurity goes, the better partner you're going to be. Right. I think that's so important because my ex used to say that I never understood it till now, but it's so true because like when you suffer through mental health issues, you tend to put it on your significant other in general on other people. You tend to blame other people. That's part of the sickness. And like, I had to work really hard on realizing that maybe it was, maybe I was doing certain stuff that pushed him away. And I think you have to be aware of being more positive, not, not, not being not dishonest. I'm not saying don't communicate your feelings and don't be, yes, you should be honest. And I think we've learned a lot from this conversation, conversation of like communicating. But if you see that that person isn't putting half the investment you are putting in, or they're not being honest, and I think it is time to just walk away and it's okay to walk away. I think, yeah. but I think you have to love yourself first. Um, with that being said, do you guys feel how important is it or how much of a vulnerability should we show of ourselves while we're dating? Like how far into the relationship, like are, should we tell them how we feel like first week, second week? Is there a time limit on this? Is it how you feel? What's the rule for that usually? That's a tough one. I mean, for me, for me to, because I have always been like a hopeless romantic. Like I would, you know, Same. it was, it was kind of those things like I, but again, I've, I've always operated from my gut. So like, if I felt like this was the time to say this, then that's when I would say it. When it became, um, I think it became easier for me when I dated Josh uh, virtually, because um, when we did say, you know, or express feelings for each other, um, we were, we still hadn't physically met number one. Um, and in my head, I was like, well, if it doesn't work out, if this goes south, there's no loss because we haven't met and nothing has really evolved. But I think that 
you, I think there's a fear, right? If you say it first, um, or if you're saying how you, you know, this is going to scare him. Um, and it all goes back to, I think what we all said in the beginning, it all goes back to honesty. And I think that people have gotten more, um, at least in this day and age, more in, in alignment with who they are. And I think they're expressing themselves um, more honestly with each other in relationships. And you see relationships evolve very quickly um, now than they used to, I think, because people are just saying, listen, this is how I feel. And if we're going to go for it, then, you know, let's go for it. Um, and I think that that's totally okay. Like I cannot, there, I have no moral compass to say to anyone, don't move in with someone six months after you met him. Cause hello, you know, I did it, you know, and, and, or don't get married in, with, without less than a year of no, uh, I did it. Yeah, but I think you know that's what, what you're I mean? saying. It's how you um, feel. It's how you're feeling. We, but I also, I mean, to my specific case, I think the pressures of immigration had a lot to do with our relationship taking the speed that it did. Um, and I, again, I, you know, I was scared shitless because in my head, I was like, oh my God, what if this doesn't work out? I love the guy, but what if, you know, in six months from now, this is a complete shit show. Um, and he does turn out to be a psychopath serial killer. And, you know, um, and he was just playing um, this game yeah. until, up to this point. You, and, and honestly, you don't know. Um, like that saying in matters of the heart, like you just said, Ben, you know, I think, but ultimately, if you have found your significant, I think you know. I think you-, you I, I think so. I, I've always questioned, I think there's a, with the length of at least the initial part of the relationship before there's like a, you know, a commitment is made. I think there's a point of diminishing returns. Like, I don't think if you date somebody for a year versus two years, I don't think in two years, you know, twice as much about them no. as you did. Interesting. Right. You don't, I, you think that you'll know whatever you know about them. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you could date someone for 10 years, years and not know them. Right. Right. I mean, after a year, you've been through all the holidays, you've been through all the kind of cycle <laughs> rhythms of life and, and I just don't think you're going to learn. At some point, it's about a commitment. It's about uh, this. I, this is the person I want to be with. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent confident. I'm going to take a leap of faith here, but then I'm going to make it work, knowing that it'll yeah. be difficult. And you know, to to your point, Ben, it's interesting. Um, and I think we've all heard the phrase: when people show you who they are, believe them. Um, I can tell you there were moments in our relationship with my husband where he would say to me, but I don't know how you thought, like I, he would say, I don't know why this is a surprise to you. This is something that I have always said, right. done, but guess what? I wasn't paying attention. You know what I mean? Because we kind of pick and choose what we want to pick and pick up from the other person also, exactly. because we, we want this person to adapt to who we are, not the other way around. And we need to understand that it's, uh, it, it, it's a two-way street, it is communication. It is probably you know some of the hardest work that you will ever have to do with yourself is to coexist and live with someone else. It's fucking hard, man. Still to this day, I wanna 
choking when I found the toothpaste. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people haven't ended up in jail. Um, I don't know how more women or just in men in general have not ended up in jail over killing their spouses. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) If it were me, I would probably be like fucking calling you guys for bail money. I'm I'm joking, (laughs) but I'm serious. You'd be like, Chanel, another husband? Yeah, no, it's the truth. I mean, it is really, really... It's hard to deal with your own mental psyche and then theirs. Do you get what I'm saying? Again, it's... I want to be in this relationship. Right. It's not like right. I have no choice but to be. No, I want to be in this relationship. I want to make it work. Um, you know, we obviously have, we fell in love. We, we, and I always go back to, you know, those initial reasons, right? And, and right. We, rem, we remind each other of those moments. You know, when I first met my husband, he waited for me with sunflowers and box of chocolates to this day, every, val- every Valentine's Day. He gets me the same type of, you know, and those are things that he remember, you know, we, we still um, reminisce over because it goes back to how we met and when we met. Um, and we, we've been back to that corner street in front of um, Port Authority bus terminal when I met him, that Rite Aid on the corner of this, that's where we met. And we'll go back and we'll go and we'll kiss there because we, we still know like that's what started what we have today. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it takes, like you said, it takes two to tango and it's a commitment and it isn't easy and it isn't pretty. Um, but is it worth it? A hundred percent. It is. One, uh, what's one tip all of you can suggest of dating? I know we've talked about it already, but without being repetitive, dating successfully. And Jen, if you want to start like with, how do you date singly? Like being single and dating success successfully, I would say. And then we could all go around. Is I'll that be to last because I don't. I don't know. Well, well, I'll be well, last. Jen is I looking for a serious relationship. Jen, so, I don't know how you're not even in one, girl. I mean, she has she, expectations. That's good yeah. for her. Because yeah. yeah. Well, we all know why I'm going last because I clearly don't <laughs> and don't have luck. Go on, Jen, and I still live at home with my parents, so that's not good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think um, my one piece of advice, geez, I would have a lot, but um, I think the most important thing, and maybe something that. I struggled with a lot um, through my many years of dating um, is to be honest with you know yourself first, um, knowing what you want, what you deserve, what you won't stand for, um, and kind of being you know forthright with that and and staying true to it. Um, and I mean, I you know I was never the girl that you know was in her twenties and wanted to get married and have kids. It just wasn't on my radar. I had so many other things I wanted to do with my life. And I, you know, I didn't think I ever would want those things. Um, so dating, you know, I knew it wasn't going to turn into marriage or anything more than that. Um, obviously now in my thirties, my, my mindset has changed and the things that I want and need have changed. Um, and I had to recognize that and also realize that, you know, it's okay that I didn't do it in everyone else's time frame and the way that people say you should. And, Um, You know, everyone's dating experiences are going to be different. I don't think there's any one correct way to do it. Um, And you kind of have to figure out what that means for you, for yourself, and and what you want, um, rather than, you know, let the pressure of what everyone else wants or thinks kind of, you know, determine that. You know, to your your point, um, and I think that'll be my advice, um, and I'm sorry for my friends who are listening to this, but the, you know, all my (laughs) friends who doubt it, because I had doubters of my relationship, you know, like I had people telling me that I was out of my mind, that this would never work, that this was so crazy, um, leaving my country, leaving everything that I knew to be with a guy. Um, 
I have to say that I'm still the only one married. So, you know, there you go. Uh, this is just, I just knew, I was so clear and with what I wanted and, and, and what I think, you know, like I said, Josh and I were very honest with each other about from the beginning that we knew deep down that this would work. Um, and we would do the work that it meant, you know, to maintain this relationship going. And, you know, it's been for almost 14 years, uh, you know, uh, November 20th of this year, 14 years. And out of everyone in my immediate circle that doubted me, I, you know, everybody has divorced or still hasn't gotten married or, you know, so it, I think it, it, it doesn't have, it's not that it says volumes of who I am or who Josh is as a person. It's just the fact that we were um, willing to give each other a, ch a chance and give the craziness a try because I had tried everything else. I had tried, you know, I went the, um, the, 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 the conventional way. I had tried to meet a guy, you know, obviously, you know, you're not going to meet the guy you're going to marry in a bar, but of course we know that that's, <laughs> that that's not the case. Um, but I, I, I didn't meet him at church either. I had a thing with meeting guys at funerals. I don't know why. I met a couple <laughs> of my boyfriends at funerals. It was hey, so you never creepy. Know. It was creepy. Um, but that's how I ended up being, you know, that's two, a good idea. two men oh, yeah. that I dated. I met them at friends' funeral, you know, family members, whatever. Um, but again, to to my point is, I have always been someone who have kind of lived their way, their life uh, on their terms. And, um, you know, and I commend you, Jen, for um, having high expectations and not settling because um, at the end of the day, you know, I think as women, we were raised to believe that, you know, being married was more important than being happy, just kind of yeah. having like that status. Um, I know my, mo my mom uh, would tell me, you know, her mother would tell her not to divorce my father because that's what, you know, you have to stay married no matter what. And, you know, my father, God rest his soul, but my father was a player and, you know, he disrespected my mother for many years and, and that was not okay, you know? And, and for, to ask of anyone, to live in that way is is kind of like to ask someone to like just renounce to who they are and i'm glad that my mom you know made the decision to separate and to get divorced and you know she's pursued her own happiness in her own way which is being by herself because she enjoys it very much um and that uh, that's another thing too you know like once you've given marriage a shot and you'd realize that that's not what works for you, that's also okay. I think we're no longer in a time where we have to like continue to check off list of what was required of you, you know, to be a woman uh, fulfilled or a man fulfilled, well, you know? It's funny you're saying that because on that note, I f and that this would be my advice, I think Corona is bringing us back in not reg like regressing in a way biblical times when women had to get married because they didn't have a voice at the time. So they had to get married in order to survive physically, financially, mentally. This is reminding me of like a time where you can date old fashioned wise, where you meet a guy and you're like you said, you're still, you're getting to know him. It's not about getting into your pants right away. It's not about rushing physically and making these plans. You're taking it slow. And I feel like it's, it's almost like I feel like the new rule is going to be if you can start dating someone or get married to someone or be physical with someone if they have corona or not, like, because you know that you're the only, like, the exclusivity will be based on what you guys have, what you don't. Like, it's just going to this old-fashioned ways of, like, getting to know someone, not having to be physical right away. If you're going to be physical with them, it's going to have to be really serious. 
yeah. especially during a time like this. I, does that make sense? It's safe. Like the old fashioned ways become the new, new. Um, because right. I, there are a lot of people being frustrated with online dating. Um, and they want to meet people, do activities with other people that are like-minded. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to just put out my advice there. One of the things that I've learned is that it's okay to leave your past bad relationships that didn't work out in the past and allow myself to move on. Um, because everyone's entitled to find love. Everyone's entitled to be happy, whether it be by yourself or with someone else. Um, but you have to keep in mind that it's okay to leave everything that happened in the past. Just let it go. Just let it go. And don't bring it with you to your new relationships. And that's what allowed me to kind of like move past everything that's happened. It allowed me to be in my current relationship right now. And honesty is so big with me. When I met Mike, I told him, this is my lifestyle. I work very hard to be who I am today. And I love me for who I am today. If it doesn't work for you, it's okay. It's just that we're not compatible if it doesn't work for you. So you let me know whether you want to be in this relationship or not. So honesty has always been really big for me with my relationships. And um, yeah, just long you keep that in mind. And you know, one day it will happen. It comes organically. It, love does come when you least expect it. Ben? ben, what do you think? You know, I would say uh, consider the the long distance or even international dating there. It does remove that. Th there's always the the physical intimacy pressure. You know, it consumes your mind, even when you're, you're getting ready to go out. <laughs> okay, is this going to happen? Should we try it? Should I try to make it happen? Will it happen? You know, it, it's all consuming. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we are, we are all kind of physical beings. So it's hard to take that out of the equation. And I think that uh, long distance dating kind of helps uh, kind of enforce some of that separation or, you know, and kind of slow down maybe the end of this intimacy part because uh, it does, it does cloud things. You know, this current, this coronavirus kind of reminds me, you're all too young, I guess, but you know, I was, I was a teenager in the, in Makeup the. Makeup can fool you. Go ahead. Yeah. And so can filters. In the seventies when everything was all fun. And then the eighties, the AIDS epidemic come along and, and all of a sudden everything stopped. We, right? we talked about this the other day that it, it's similar to the AIDS epidemic where people don't want to even. Um, yeah, it is. That's what yeah. it's. Like I was telling yeah. Vanessa, sorry to cut you off, but I was even telling her the other day, I was like, I don't even want to, I went to get tested for Corona, long story short, I didn't even want to tell the guy I was dating that I did because you don't know how people are going to react during this time. Right. It's like the AIDS epidemic. It's like almost like you have AIDS, don't touch me, you know, when ignorant yeah. people weren't as educated. So it's, I'm happy you're talking about that, you know. But I love your advice about giving international dating a try because I think that for me, what um, the, the reason why I decided, even after finding out um, that Josh, because in the app that we used, um, the locations were kind of like, kind of like semi-disclosed and we didn't really know where we were in each part of the world until like maybe our third or fourth conversation. And um, to a, a degree, I knew that if I was ever going to find um, a long term relationship, it would have to be outside of what I knew, because, you know, that's where cultures co come into play. Um, you know, Latin men have always been known to be uh, womanizers, and they have, you know, different standards of what the wife should be. They want trophy wives, and they want da-da-da. So 
I, the way that I had been educated and raised to just be very independent, you know, after my mom left my father, um, I grew up with a very, very strong sense of self. It was, you know, I was self-reliant and I always knew that I wouldn't have to depend on a guy to pay my bills or get me, get ahead in life. It, it was, I was self, it was me, my education, my, you know, when I had, and that's why, like when I, I mentioned before, when I met Josh, I wanted him to see my house, see the car that I drove, realize that he wasn't like, I wasn't like a damsel in distress that he was coming to rescue out of any situation. Um, because although culturally, you know, that may have been the norm, like, you know, um, you're coming to get a woman from another country and now you're going right. to, you're going to have like a living house <laughs> nanny, you know, yeah. but right. as for, yeah, yeah there, there was a lot of stigma in, in different Stigmatation. ways. Um, yeah. And, but it allowed me to find happiness and love and uh, with a man that would value who I was and respect who I was no matter what, um, above anything else, which again is why it drew me to even give, you know, this type of relationship a try because there was, it was really about showing the everything of who we are, you know, and this barrier, the fact that we couldn't really see each other and, um, just made it, I guess, easier to be honest from um, very, and very honest, brutally honest from the get-go. And, you know, all that honesty is what uh, has allowed our marriage to withstand, you know, such a long time. So. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was kind of the similar story. I was frustrated with the dating thing and, and, uh, I really thought, you know, let's try something completely different. And so I set about looking for somebody who was not like me uh, and uh, meaning a different culture. And uh, I, you know, for a few years, I, I didn't, well, starting then until now, I, I actually didn't date anybody who was like me, meaning any white woman, not there's anything wrong you know, with a white no, woman. No, but but listen, but, I know, didn't date Dominican same men. With me. Yeah, I, I was, I too. just, I, I refused to, continue to fall into the same patterns right, of dating that thing. I want. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was doing. I was always picking that same person. And so when I went outside of my own culture, uh, you know, it, it, I was rewarded, you know, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still work and it's work, you know, it's constant work and it always will be, but it's been fantastic. I mean, basically what I did was look for a, a culture that I thought more closely identified with, with me and, uh, and that's kind that's of how excellent I advice. That's awesome. I think it's such great advice what all you're saying. Like, think outside the box. That's made me now want to maybe date internationally or be honest with yourselves, like you guys have mentioned, of maybe I need to stay within my culture, maybe dating within like a Sephardic Jewish family. When I say Sephardic, because my mom's Colombian, I'm a, I have a Latin mother. I've grown up with Latin roots and Middle Eastern roots. And sometimes that's really hard as an Americanized woman and trying to look for an Americanized guy, it's hard to look for another culture sometimes they clash i've dated with i've dated greek filipino I, I always tell myself i've dated internationally so for me maybe it sounds like that advice taking your guys advice about like dating within my culture might work that's why i started dating within my culture and i see that like there's more there's just more um commonalities but i think it's being honest with yourself having least expectations loving yourself and then knowing what you can give your partner and like you said vanessa too is like having conversations not necessarily like having your own life and not necessarily revolving your life around him and, and, and or just somebody is, else in general. I, I, you know, we, 
my husband and I couldn't be so opposite. Like we are so opposite in so many ways. I'm, I'm very social, although I've adapted to being a homebody because of him, because those are the, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. I own a magazine that requires me yeah. to be public, to be out, to be dressed up, to be, you know, and had I had um, a partner that was insecure, um, and I'm not going right. to say that he didn't go through a period of insecurity with all of this, because he was like, why are people, you know, calling you, and why is this, you know, because he wanted me to himself, right, for a very long time, um, and those were insecurity issues that we dealt with when when we needed to, but my point is, um, I like the fact that he is, you know, more subdued because I can come home to that. It's not something that I feel that I have to compete with to make, you know, right. like we're always not. Always be on. You don't always um, have to be always yeah. on. I, and mm -hmm. I, and I, and he could care less who, who I'm meeting, who I'm talking to, who I'm interviewing, um, unless it's the guy from Ozark, uh, Jason Babin. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to be here. He's like, when you get to him, then that, you know, we can have that conversation. But he could care less about all of that. Um, and it is very rewarding, um, to be able to have the, and he, and honestly, sometimes I'll be talking to him. I'm like, can you believe that this girl showed up and she requested, you know, uh, whatever for the, uh, yeah, on, on that note, I want to ask you guys, because that's important to me throughout dating. And I want to know also what you, that Ben thinks about this and Issy, all of you just chime in. What if you're dating someone you're really into or you're married to someone and you, they are still have, they still have platonic friendships with the other genders. Is that an ultimatum? Is that a deal breaker? How do you deal with that? You mean like, like with ex relationships? Yeah. With ex like relationships. Yeah. With ex relationships with anyone, like how healthy is jealousy wow. in a relationship? How healthy is it? Should you not have it at all? Cause I've been taught like being jealous equals the devil. So, so like I cannot be ever jealous. I'm going to tell you a crazy story. Okay. Um, when I got married to Josh, his ex-girlfriend, the day after we got married, called mm -hmm. him to congratulate him, which I thought was like the most ballsy, um, just like, um, and honestly, like, just like catty um, thing to do because she, they ended up breaking up because she was um, unfaithful. Like she, and he caught her or whatever the case may be. And I share that publicly because that's like no knowledge. But when, she called him to congratulate him for his and I, and I just looked at him. I said, "How many of my boyfriends call me to say anything about anything?" Um, right. You know, like I, I number one, I felt disrespected, and but I felt like the disrespect was more of an ego thing. And then honestly, what I did was, was that I felt bad for her that she had not put that relationship to rest because clearly he had moved on, um, and this was like eight months into our relationship already so like he and they had broken up years prior so it, it showed me that she had still feelings for him whatever um i felt bad and and so i let it go i was like i wasn't going to create a situation about it um but i told josh i said i, I said you will never hear me talk i said maybe if we go back to the dominican republic because i live on an island everybody knows everybody everybody kind of is in there i said we may occasionally i said would you like me to point it out like if i'm in a situation if we ever walk into like a restaurant and there's like somebody who comes up to me and say hi would you like me he was like i don't want to know because i don't really care you know and just like to your point elsie the past is in the past see, yeah um, the past is in the past 
I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that men cannot fully be friends with women that they've had some sort of so do I. Uh, connection. Ben, you correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and if they keep them, wait, and if the guys are keeping those women along for the ride, does that say less about you as a date? It you says that they're about them. There still may be some interest there. Right. I, that's my two cents. I, I think that, uh, honestly, having kind of been there, done that, I, I think, uh, it's not possible or if it's possible it's certainly not wise to it's to maintain female right. friends yeah it just doesn't work you know i had a i had a friend who was a good friend for uh you know five years or so as a female and she was uh, and we were never into it we were truly just friends but it constantly caused me trouble when i was dating and and some of that okay uh this is my observation so don't shoot me for it but some no, things I would, some things i would see that would happen was like she was she was, uh, you know, she was attractive. She was Salvadoran and, and, and really was a good friend. But uh, when I was dating somebody and it was time like, hey, you know, we're going to go have a drink or whatever, and they would meet, I would notice that inevitably, and it, and it got to where I could predict it, she always upped her game quite a bit, my of friend. Course. Right? Of course, of course. And, and, then, and, then it, and, then and the women, sorry to interrupt, but the women, Ben, forgive me, but the women who were dating you, did they also catch on as well that you always oh. had a female friend? Well, they... Well, you know, inevitably what happened was after, after that first meeting, I would then have to spend the rest of the day explaining how we're just friends. And, and, and uh, anyway, you know, what I learned from that experience was uh, uh, just to let that friendship go. I happened to move too, so that made it a little easier and we stayed in touch a little bit and I just kind of intentionally let that die out, which is a little bit hard because we were, we were really friends and we'd kind of been through, we would talk about dating and those things. But, uh, you know, what I learned through that five years or so was, it's just not possible. It's my it's it's not. I'm sure I, there are I, people that pull yeah. it off, but it's. And here's know. what I what I've learned too. If the if the guy or the girl is still leaving the past in the present and not leaving it behind, and let's say you talk to them and you say it makes me feel uncomfortable, I think there's a way. Like you're all saying, there's a way to break up. There's a way to express and be honest and communicate with your significant other if you're not happy about something. I think if you express to them, look it's getting in the way of us dating. It's getting in the way of my feelings. I don't want to be insecure, but I do think there's something to be said if you keep putting a person in your life as a priority over the other person that you're dating, something's not right there. Yeah. So I think it's okay to like, admit that, right? Elsie, you can also uh, yeah. talk on that. I think the only way that you could still be friends with an ex if it was someone from high school. Interesting. And they moved on with their lives and they're married okay. and they have kids and you're all hanging out together. Yeah. Um, okay. That's like the only yeah. circumstance, right? Yeah. And not even that circumstance is always, but that's like you're saying the only exception yeah. to the rule. If, I, I think if there has been any sort of physicality between the both of you, there is no way, no way. that you can maintain. But I'm saying, when do you, when, when do you not become the petty woman? the jealous petty woman in the new relationship you're, you're, you're working with. I think it comes back to what you guys are saying. Move on from that guy. Then if you, yeah, don't, you feel I don't secure. I don't think it's jealous and petty. I think it's justified if a woman yeah. feels, or a man. Yeah. I mean, I just, like I say, haven't been through it and thinking initially yeah. thinking I could navigate mm -hmm. that. And this is silly. And, and, and uh, you know, I look back on it and think, well, it was stupid to ever think that would even work. No, it, it just, it just does. It's only, you're asking for trouble and you're, and it, even though your intentions may never be to pursue right. anything, um, you will always make your significant other feel uh, insecure and, you know, not cared for if you are still, you know, like I have 
one really good friend and she's my best friend from, from high school. And when I'm speaking to her, my husband has no issue. He knows, and, you know, she's back in the Dominican Republic also. So when I make it a point, like, Hey, I'm talking to so-and-so he'll back off, make sure like the kids don't even come in the room. Cause he knows that that's an important time for me. If I said, I'm talking to Joe from, <laughs> from, from the hood back in the day, he'd be like, he'd have so a problem. He'd sit in the room with me, making sure that he's listening to every word yeah, I'm saying, right. you know, like it's, but just I'm not- happy you're all saying this because it's a grown up relationship. And I think a lot no. of younger kids are asking these questions, like how no. much should I put up with yeah. and how much there, shouldn't it, I put it, up it with? Just, it, listen, that's been a debate for ages. Um, I know you're only asking for trouble. Like yeah. that's, yeah, that's that, doesn't simple serve, that doesn't serve anyone. So, And I'm happy no. Ben said something from a guy's point of view too. So that shows that women aren't jealous, petty psychos. No. <laughs> so, you know. yeah. But this has been amazing. This conversation, I could have it for yeah. all day. Oh my God, we uh, could go on for this because it's so, it's so clearly, clearly I've learned I've had dysfunctional, very much. <laughs> many dysfunctional relationships but I, you know don't beat yourself up for that i think like to the point that i think we all touched on you know you you have to live these things in order yeah. to learn from them exactly i would never um, know if i didn't learn if i didn't i and the more i you know the longer i'm married to my husband the the more i learn about what it genuinely means to maintain a marriage um and marriage is not for everyone it is definitely you know a choice that because trust me love will is not enough um love you can love a person dearly but they can still be toxic you know what i mean so um and they can literally be that detrimental to your emotional well-being and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay with that person because you love them um so you know it is a daily choice you know love is a choice i i i, I think that's the best definition that i've ever found about love is love is a choice that you make on a daily basis especially with a significant other um because your children like you love by default right i love but, that love is a choice it's a it is a choice it, it's, it's a it's a choice but you don't realize to appreciate that phrase until but it's you, set to you. I've had to live what I've lived to get to that place and understand that, you know, um, it is not, it's no longer about me. Cause that's another thing. I think, you know, we go into relationships thinking that the other person has to mold and adapt to who we are when we know that that will never work. Um, you know, and, and again, I would love to continue to have this conversation, but we do have to end this podcast yes, can, <laughs> at a reasonable time. time so that people can listen to it. Um, but maybe we should have a part two, you know, after Corona, um, um, because I think that, you know, it's a topic yeah. that I think that even people who have been married for ages, you know, um, can still learn from and, and navigate and can, can, um, you know, walk us through because to get to, to get to 13 years has not been right. Easy, right. There's no formula. <laughs> there hasn't, no, but the next, the to next make it we work, should get the audience call in and then yeah. maybe Ben and you and all of us can answer to those make it to work from, you know, a long distance, um, standpoint is also a lot of work. Um, so, you know, there's so many different perspectives of relationships and what works for, uh, others. Everyone. And, yeah. So um, with that, where can people find you, Ben? How, how can people learn more about your services, please? Oh, we're online, rapidvisa.com. We're always there for seven days a week for chat. Mm -hmm. We got 61 employees now, so. Amazing, congratulations. Yeah, so uh, any time, and uh, you guys have been fun, so anytime you want to talk again, I'd love to do it. Uh, well, awesome. Awesome.
Elsie? And make sure you guys, oh yeah, Elsie. Oh, oh, hi. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, Elsie J. Who, was just I-L-S-Y-J-H-O-O. And uh, Bella Magazine as well. Awesome, Jen? Awesome, same. Uh, well, obviously, bellamag.co on Instagram. Um, bellamag.co, our website. Um, and my personal uh, Miss NYUS 2016. Chanel? You can follow me at Chanel Omari, at bellamag.co, of course, and at Chanel in the, for at Chanel in the city. So everyone, please be sure to subscribe and share because I think this is, this was a good one. Thank you so much everyone yeah. so for good. joining us today. And whose ever dog that was in the background, you can come back into the room now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this crazy house that I live in. But have I'm a so great excited, day, guys. everyone. Have a great Thank day, you. everyone.